All right. How are we doing today, my lovely listeners? Whether your answer is good, bad, or maybe somewhere in between, I hope that these next few minutes provide a respite for your soul as we talk about the hard spaces. My name is Brenna. I'm the host of Soul Things, and today I am joined by Kate Seward, and we are going to be talking about her book and life post-graduation and all the challenges that come with that. And so super excited to have this conversation. So let's get started. All right, everybody. Um, so thrilled to have Kate Lissard here uh, with us. She is um, re- she just released uh, her first book, uh, Coming of Age, and we are going to be chatting about life post graduation. And there's a, I mean, I know I'm 25, so I'm a couple of years out of college, but definitely kind of in the middle of you know transitioning from college life to post-grad. So I'm so excited to dive into this conversation. I've been reading your book. It's phenomenal. I have found it um, super encouraging in my own life and where I'm at. So I hope that um, everyone can feel that as well. Um, So Kate, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your background and then we'll kind of dive into the book. Yeah, definitely. So thank you so much for having me on this podcast. And yeah, my name is Kate Sword, and I'm currently 29 years old. So I started working on the book actually at 23. So it was a six year process. So kind of throughout my whole 20s. But um, currently I'm working full time and live in Chicago. Um, and I guess even just where kind of my current life stage is that interesting time where, you know, 29, a lot of my friends have gotten married. A lot of my friends are starting to have kids. Some of my friends are still single. So we're all kind of all over the place, even if we're the same age or close to those same years. So it's kind of navigating that now. But um, but yeah, and so live in Chicago and have lived in Chicago after I graduated and still here. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. So happy to have you on the show. Honestly, I'm so thrilled. Um, so let's let's get right into it. Let us let's introduce your book. Let's talk about your book. So I would love to hear just telling the audience, like, what is your book and what even is it about? I know I've kind of touched on it briefly, but if you could sort of give your elevator pitch of, you know, what, what is this book? Um, what would you say? Yeah. So the book is called coming of age, our journey into adulthood. Um, and it's really, it's a book about the tumultuous time of our twenties and early thirties. And, um, the fact that it's a life stage that isn't really talked about. So, um, I noticed that, you know, there might be some books about your, your twenties or how to navigate that, but it's often written from the perspective of those who, um, really successful businessmen or women or psychologists kind of being able to equip us with great resources. Um, but there wasn't that voice of people going through it or kind of telling you, like, I understand I'm with you. Um, so how I kind of see it is like there was an opportunity to talk with the reader instead of to the reader. Um, so my book shares my story, but then also anecdotes and stories from up to almost 200 people. Um, cause I knew that my story was just one and not everyone could relate to everything, but bringing other voices into the book and writing about this life transition from the perspective of those going through it, um, really is the heart of the book to be able to help people see that this is a, yeah, a lot of ups and downs in, in this time of our lives and opening it up to conversation and helping people see that they're not alone. Yes. Yeah. I definitely felt that reading the book. Like that was my first feeling of just, I just remember I was reading on the, on the train, like going to work and just feeling this sigh of relief of like, oh my gosh, like so many other people are struggling with this too. Um, and then so like, also, I mean, we can kind of get into the different details about the specific challenges that you talk about, but then also kind of like, um, you know, yes, they're like our challenges, but then also we kind of also hear from people who push through those challenges or on the other sides, you kind of have a wide spectrum of, of, you know, 
people just graduating, people kind of out for a little bit and all the different paths people take. And it's just, mm-hmm. I just found a sigh of relief. Like, okay, other people are in this too. And mm-hmm. um, I will get through it too. So um, mm-hmm. super, super encouraging. And I, and I love uh, the idea of the book and that this is, this is out there. Um, so I know you just mentioned that the beginning part of your book, you share your story. So um, without, I mean, obviously we want people to read your book, but without <laughs> giving too much away, if you want to share just a little, I just found your story really powerful and relatable in a lot of ways. Um, if you kind of would want to share just a little bit about your story and how it sort of ties into the book. Yeah, definitely. So Um, my first job out of school was working at this big PR agency. Um, and even kind of coming to Chicago was such a surprise for me. I went to school in North Carolina and grew up in Virginia. So I was on, uh, you know, just an East coast girl and, um, don't have family within states of the Midwest. So, um, the, you know, this, this story is in the book, which is fun, but, um, the short version is I applied for a competition that got me out to Chicago. And so it was kind of a, a whirlwind of an experience to even, setting foot in the city and choosing to move here and starting this new job. So kind of felt like, okay, like I didn't exactly picture myself in the agency uh, environment, but knew it would be a great first job. And so, um, you know, again, also kind of adapting to Chicago, like biggest city I've ever lived in. Um, So really that first year was just kind of navigating through all those changes. Um, But then almost about almost a year into the my first job, I walked into work one Monday morning and then was called into a conference room and was told my position was eliminated. Mm. Um, And so then kind of that like Charlie Brown moment where you like don't hear what's happening. And like it was a very out of (laughs) mind body experience. But um, we had lost a couple clients and that resulted in kind of some impacts that needed to make on the company. And um, they were telling individuals there was a group of us that were laid off that day. And so mm-hmm. um, at 23, you know, I like I left the elevator bay and sat <laughs> outside the building and just, you know, it's like to lose your income all of a sudden to um, like I had been paying off my student loans, like all these things that then I had to go through the process of filing for unemployment, suspending my student loans, like figuring out health insurance and all this stuff where like you're when you're 23, you're like just kind of figuring that out for the first time anyway, like of yeah. Of, salary and benefits and all of that. So I think just to have um, that initial part, because then, you know, you can read in the book how there was kind of this like chain of events for a couple of years where honestly things just got worse. Um, So that was the kind of that pivot point, though, of like I'd had the idea for the book before it, um, which was interesting. And so when I got laid off, I was like, wow, well, I didn't expect my story to happen like this. So this makes this book like even more relevant as to why I want to write it. But um, but yeah, that's kind of like a, the initial preview of um, my first year of school or after school. Yeah. And to experience something like that so young, like you were saying mm-hmm. at 23, it's like nothing really prepares you for that. Right. Like, exactly. you know, you, you were you were preparing like for four years for the workforce and for that to be taken away so unexpectedly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know like you know, with COVID and stuff, a lot of people who were graduating during that time, because I graduated, I had like an extra semester. So Mm -hmm. I had, was just leaving my last semester abroad. Actually, I was in France. So it was 2019, December, technically was supposed to like graduate that May of 2020. And then of course, those few months were when everything just like Mm -hmm. went crazy, you know? And I think so many people can relate to that moment of like, all right, like, at, like the job, like obviously the economy was changing, the job market was changing, people were unexpected. I had multiple friends who were like in gig work, you know, hairstylists mm-hmm. and all this stuff that just 
unexpectedly lost jobs. And I think when you're so young and you lose a job like that, like, how do you, like, how do you process that? How do you get through that? What were some of the things that you were like, you know, you know, what, what helped you through that moment of unexpected unemployment? (laughs) Yeah, no, I, um, especially with COVID, that was actually a catalyst to finish the book because I knew so many more people could understand or relate to my experience. And so that was where I was like, okay, I have to finish this because I don't want anyone else to feel like I did. Because to be honest, I, uh, I was able to be connected with a couple people who also had, um, layoff experiences, but at the time, like I was still barely a year into Chicago, if that. So I like, didn't have the strongest community yet. Like I was still making a lot of friends. My only professional network was from that job, at mm. least within the city. And so I think even, I think what, cause a lot of times it's like, you know, people say things and, and kind like intentions of, well, at least you don't have a family you're supporting or all, you know, Oof. at least it's this or that. And while those things are true, like I didn't have that pressure uh, knowing I had to provide for kids or whatever. Like I also had no partner and no help. Um, and I, it kind of felt that like, wow, I'm, I'm really on my own with this. Um, and so where even friends who have dealt with it, maybe they were married or were able to like kind of share one income for a time. And so I think that, um, that fed a lot of the isolation feelings of like, okay, like I, this is just me. And then what was also challenging was the fact that most of my peers couldn't understand what this was Mm. like. And so they were, you know, building their careers, like starting to get promotions or raises or like having these growing (laughs) careers. And I was like losing jobs because I lost another one and then was struggling to figure out where my place was. And um, so I think that was where it was probably the most challenging was when it is so young, you don't have um, like I didn't have the savings. I had thankfully some but I uh, don't have that like savings foundation or I didn't have the professional network to be able to bounce back and try to be reconnected somewhere. And so um, I think, yeah, saving grace was definitely being connected to a few people who have understood it and just knowing, and that's kind of the power of when you know someone who's gone through it. And so um, I did, I was very vocal about my, I like the next day I wrote a blog post about being laid off. And so um, I think it's been interesting even now years later to reflect back on how, I've made friend, like really good friends in my life or because I was first connected to them of, wait, you should talk to Kate. Like she was laid off. Like you, you guys should get connected. So yeah, yeah. I think that's kind of the power of, um, of that connection. But yeah, I think when you're so young, um, you're, it's, I think it takes a long time to bounce back. Um, and again, like it's something that is never a good time to, to lose a job suddenly. And um, I think unfortunately many of us will experience that throughout our lifetime. Um, I think, yeah, it's like when you graduate school, you have all these expectations and hopes and dreams of your career. So you don't really anticipate it happening that early. Um, but I think, yeah, especially with COVID and the amount of people that lost a job, especially due to no, like, I think when there's that sense where it's not your fault, but you still, there's still kind of the like, why me? Why did I, why was I on that cut list? Or, um, you know, for those in the gig economy or things that were so beyond our control the last year and a half with, these crazy factors of our world, like it is no one's fault, um, but decisions were made that affected people's livelihoods. And so it's, yeah, it's, it's so tough. And I, I feel for anyone who's experienced in that, who has experienced that recently. And um, yeah, just hoping that more and more people can have open conversations about it to, to navigate it together and to yeah. um, just talk about it. Cause it's, it can feel really isolating and there's a lot of things, even still to this day, I have moments of, um, rebuilding a lot of confidence. So I think Mm -hmm. like 
really helping people have spaces to talk about it and know that it's hard and um, it's a unique experience. And um, but there are many people who can understand it. Definitely. Yeah. I think there were a couple of things that sort of set my expectations. Cause I know you're talking about, you have these expectations of when you mm-hmm. graduate and it was like media movies, you know, all this stuff, like what life is like at that age and graduation, like the, and everyone telling you like your parents and like other people, like the, I love in the book too, cause you kind of talk about generational differences and what we want out of jobs. And so you do, mm-hmm. you do talk about that, but yeah, I think like nothing really prepared me um, to replace those expectations with like the reality, you know? So it was always like, oh yeah, this is what I'm seeing like in the the reality created by like Hollywood or whatever. And then this is like the reality spoken to by like a different generation, like by my parents or whatever. So then when, when I mean, my story is a little different. Like I wasn't, like I haven't, you know, praise God, haven't experienced like a uh, drastic unemployment, but it, my struggle was more like, figuring out what I wanted to do. Like it was more like finding your identity and purpose. And, mm-hmm. and that's, so I think that's why I really like that you've written this book, because I think like you're saying, people talking about the realities can help replace the, um, the unreal, unrealistic expectations. So that way you don't feel like you're like this strange failure that nobody mm-hmm. else has got, you know, like, and I think that's so healing and so powerful. And I think a lot of, that's like what 20 something year olds need is like, like it is okay. I felt like for the, like the first couple of years into my twenties, it's like, I just needed someone to be like, it's okay. Other people are going through this too, whatever it was. And in this case, you know, talking about employment stuff. So um, yeah, I think that that's awesome that you had people in your life to be able to talk about this stuff. Like right away, you writing a blog, like that's amazing. <laughs> I love that. And um, clearly like well, now you have yeah, this. Yeah, it's like turning social media on its head a bit. It has become yeah. kind of my passion, which is a little bit of also why the book was written. But yeah. like you were just saying, like these expectations are like if you're struggling to figure out like, well, what do I even want to do and where am I going? And all, you know, my friends have this and like, especially with comparison and social media and what we see of the highlight reel of everyone's lives, it's like, it makes even more that sense of I'm doing something wrong. What's wrong with me. And so, Mm -hmm. um, I think again, that's why being able to talk about things is so powerful because it helps to break through, um, either those barriers or those even lies that we believe of what, you know, other people are experiencing. Um, because it's, we're in a world today where, yeah, we like, you know, for better or for worse, that's that's what social media can do because it's a powerful tool. But um, but yeah, it can often kind of set a lot of these expectations or, or things that we're expecting for ourselves. Mm, yes, that's a great point. So I kind of want to dive into some of the challenges. And one mm-hmm. of the things I love this point of your book, and so I kind of want to start off with this one, but if you have other um, challenges, we can sort of touch on those as well, is not conflating your employment status and rejection letters with your identity. And that is something I think a lot of people can resonate with is like, versus like, oh, I failed at this versus I am a failure. Like making it your identity. I am, I like, cause it, like you do mention this in the book, it kind of starts young of like, when you're in college, well, what's your major? Like, what do you want to study? And so you start, and I found myself starting to take on this identity of, I am what I am going to study and what I am going to do. And so then I felt lost when I was like, wait, I don't know if this is actually what I want to do. Cause I ended up switching schools, switching majors, moving states, and went through this whole process of feeling lost in who I was for a while because I found, and I didn't realize I was doing this, but I was finding my identity and putting pressure on myself for 
this is what I'm setting. This is who I'm going to become instead of like understanding where my identity actually lies. Um, And I think that can be, if you don't understand that, then, then it can kind of be exacerbated as you're experiencing rejection letters or not getting your right. Like, even if you have a job and it's not what you even went to school for and you don't like the job, you can start to feel like who you are um, is less than. And um, so I just thought that was a really powerful um, point that you made in the book is to not conflate your identity with your job status or what you're studying. Um, and that can be a challenge. That can be like a real challenge. Um, but yeah, if there's anything you want to add on that point, or if there were other challenges that you um, wanted to to talk about that we face at that yeah. age. Yeah. So I think one of the um, the interesting parts too is when, like we, when we are in a school system, we are graduating into the next, like every year is an advancement and every year we're a new title even of like sophomore to junior or yeah. uh, like we're advancing, we're accomplishing things. And then especially even through, even in high school, like we're getting our driver's license around that, like at 16 years old, like that's something that we all achieve together. And so you're used to, and like we're in the system, we are with the education system, which, you know, it's not wrong, but it's just what we're used to is, is, you know, meeting these markers alongside our peers. And so when you graduate, all of that becomes so open. And so for someone like you who are like, well, wait, what if I actually want to change what I want to do? And like, that's a, that's a different path now. Or like someone else who, yeah, wants to go back to school or someone else who is at the same job for 10 years or changes every two years. And so it's kind of now this, like anything (laughs) is not only possible, but it's like people's paths look so different. Yeah. Um, But that I think can fuel a lot of those insecurities of either things you expected of yourself or, um, having the courage to change. I think that's a fear for a lot of people. Like you were saying, like when your identity is wrapped up in and not wrapped up necessarily, but even if it's just naturally a part of what you were studying and preparing for and, and interning or working towards like to change that feels like such a big hit to, to who we are. And so, um, I think for me, at least having a job taken away so mm-hmm. early, like helped me, it forced me to really deal with that of like, cause there were many, many, many times where, I felt immensely inferior and insecure and still still do where I like I have to still acknowledge like the wealth building that I was not able to do or the career path that I haven't been like it's like there still are things that I have to battle in my own mind of not viewing myself as not as successful because of things that happened and so um I think it's really important for us to pay attention to what we think about ourselves cuz people can say kind things or not kind things, but at the end of the day, it's like what we are believing about ourselves to be true. And so mm-hmm. um, I think it was when I like noticed like, oh, wow, like, I, I genuinely think I have failed and I've disappointed everyone. And once when I like admitted that to myself, it was like, whoa, like I can't put this much weight in my yeah. job status or in this, like I'm Kate, like who I am is not tied to this job or if I'm employed or not. And so I think what is cool now is I I feel like, still very much growing, but have this sense of freedom where my job is a part of me, but it is not all of me. And I, I feel that difference where it's like, I don't want it to be the only thing that defines me. Yeah. And I think that's such a powerful lesson that you were able to learn earlier on than your peers did, who, like you said, didn't like got a job out of college and had this like, you know, uh, you know, quote unquote, ideal experience of just like sticking with their dream job or whatever. And I think that's something I'm learning with doing these interviews on the podcast and just like going through my twenties in general is like the painful moments, the scary moments, the hard spaces are literally the ones that shape you the most. Like if life was just a breeze, we would never grow. We would never like 
think think these things that we're talking about right now is like I would probably continue to like identify as like I am a nurse. I am always mm-hmm. this. This is who I am. This is where my value is. Whereas you and other people in similar situations are able to like um, separate that and to have a healthier mindset of like, so when job changes happen later down the road, because we don't know what's going to happen in 10 years and tomorrow. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen next 10 minutes, but it's like, <laughs> what I mean, you know, it's like, I think COVID taught a lot of people that too mm-hmm. is like, uh, you know, we, we really don't know. And in order to like reshape like who we are and whose we are, it's like remembering remembering that uh, so young. So I think that's awesome. You're able to kind of like struggle through that and understand that and think through that uh, super young. Um, And so, yeah, one of the other challenges that I think we we sort of touched on is like, there's so many like options now, like an opportunities. (laughs) Like, it's so funny. Like my grandma and I would talk about this sometimes. She'd always be like, oh, Brenna, like, especially like as a, a, like a woman versus like in the fifties versus like now Mm -hmm. it's like, you have so many like options and opportunities. And then with the whole tech wave coming in of social media, people becoming their own bosses, there's literally just an overwhelming amount of opportunities. Um, And I think that can paralyze people. And I'm Mm -hmm. at a point right now where I need to make a decision about two jobs. I'm I'm technically in both jobs, but I need to decide which one I'm going to stick with. And so like making these like big decisions, I was reading your book and one of the quotes you talk about is the like talking about these options, talking about the steps. Mm-hmm. And you say the next step is not deciding the rest of your life. Like stop putting so much pressure on like, <laughs> you know, I need, you know, I think at least I do. I don't know if I can speak for an entire decade of people, but I think I would always like put so much pressure. I'm like, all right, if I choose this job, this is going to put me like this way for the next 10 years. It's like, you don't really know that. Like, it's like, it's not necessarily right or wrong, you know, better, better, best maybe, you know, it's like, stop putting so much pressure on making these decisions and you don't need to be super overwhelmed by all these opportunities and just sort of like give yourself grace through, (laughs) through, through all of those options, through all those processes. I found that point to be super helpful for me personally. Yeah, no, it can definitely feel paralyzing and um, it, yeah, it's like so open-ended and so many possibilities and opportunities, which is great and, 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 you know, a thing to be grateful for, but it is certainly paralyzing. And um, yeah, I mean, I think even just releasing ourselves from those expectations, like I, and it's nothing that, you know, like it's just, there could be all these societal things too, where in college you're like, uh, I know something that Elon, we, we were told of like how, uh, you know, great, like not grateful we should be, but just like this, we're so privileged to be able to get a college education and mm-hmm. what we then feel like we need to do with that or how. And like, it's easy to have these subtle nods of, oh, like I am worthy because I have this college degree or I, you know, and it's kind of a very, there's a lot of things can be that can be humbling in that where like, I'm no better because of that. And um, even just the pressure to find this dream job when you graduate and cross the stage it's um like it it feels so important but I think zooming out a bit now it's like the the 20s especially are really a time to explore and to figure out what you enjoy and like I feel like if that was kind of and not in a way to not be intentional like I I don't know if you've read or heard of the defining decade but that's also Mm -hmm. a book I would recommend and that's written from a psychologist um because there can be this sense of like oh like I'll figure that out in my 30s and so it can be this like false sense of like play or, you know, ignore what's happening. So we want to obviously be intentional. Um, however, I think there's so much pressure to feel like, yeah, like this decision or whatever yeah. choice I make for my first job will forever set the course. And 
Um, like there are decisions, yeah, it's like decisions do have power, but at yeah. the same time, like, especially now at 29, I've had so many friends change careers, uh, go back to school, like, and there's yeah. even like, as, and as friends are entering parenthood, like adjusting their careers based on that, or even that's another time where your, your identity and your career can change because yeah. like a friend who just became a full-time, uh, either also homeschooling mom, but it's like, what does that now mean when you're used to working in the workforce your whole life? Mm-hmm. And so I think kind of zooming out and helping like, especially the fresh graduates see like you are not uh, like what you make is not going to define your whole life. Like this is yeah. a time for you to explore and learn and grow and experience things that are going to then help you uh, equip you with the decisions to make uh, yeah. as, as life unfolds. That is such, that is such a good point to think about, especially like thinking about what you had touched on earlier about being in such a structured system for so long. Mm-hmm. that freedom and all the things that like, it sounds positive, but it also sounds really scary. Like someone for me who like, I remember stepping into my first job. I got it a couple of months after I graduated and it was like a small, it's a small startup nonprofit. So there's a little bit like, it wasn't like I was stepping into this um, entry level position at a corporation necessarily. So I felt like there was like very little structure and mm-hmm. I was overwhelmed. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I feel like I'm I feel like I need a rubric. I need, (laughs) I need like constant direction. Like it was almost like now all of this freedom in a way, it was like this kind of overwhelming thing to like get over, but like that hump to get over is normal. Like, like Mm -hmm. making that adjustment in that transition, like people need to realize like it's normal. Like Mm -hmm. I learned that a lot of times people are faking it till they make it kind of thing. (laughs) Like people are like, does anyone really know what they're doing? You know, you just like take it one task at a time and I think being able to like separate my identity from my job also helped of like, okay, like I'm going to try the best that I can today. I'm going to do this, like, and I'll sort of figure it out. But it took a lot of meetings and talking with my boss to sort of build this, um, this structure and to get comfortable into like a routine and, and things. But yeah, there is, um, there is a scary aspect to that, but I think, I think it's just like, you kind of just have to continue to adjust and, and mm-hmm. to give yourself grace through that. Cause I remember, I, after I transferred to my uh, state school, I was studying French was one of my majors. And I felt this pressure to be on this timeline to graduate for May, 2019. Mm-hmm. And I was like, but I really want to study abroad. I don't want to rush into the workforce. But I don't know. My friends are doing this. And then I started to like use other people's lives as a timeline mm-hmm. for my own, which mm-hmm. can be really entrapping. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember I was like, no, you know what? I'm going to spread out my classes a little more, you know, work and save up. And I'm going to do an extra, I'm going to be a super senior for a semester and study abroad. And to be honest, that was like the best decision I ever made. Like I was like, I am in no, I mean, I've been in the workforce now for about a year and a half, nothing too long, but I'm like, you know what? Like, what's the rush, you know, like why not experience other cultures? Why not study another country? Like, you know, so I think, you know, there's also like, yeah, thinking about these like uh, beautiful opportunities you have now that, y- you know, you wouldn't have like right outside of college or whatever. So it's like, don't, don't rush to follow the, sh- the structure timeline you've created in your head or other people's lives because mm-hmm. your story is different. And, um, you know, what you're doing doesn't have to be like everyone else. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that takes a lot of courage to pause and like be willing to do the different path. Um, because it isn't like, there is kind of the innate part of us that wants to fit in. Like what we want to do, like we want to be you know, not necessarily like cool, but we just like, we want to be able to fit in. Yes. Yep. <laughs> and so to be able to pause and be like, wow, well, this is an experience that I think would be really meaningful 
for me. And yeah, most of my friends are going to be doing this, but like that takes a lot of courage to do that. And I think that's, those are the kind of lessons that we continue to learn where it's like the, as things evolve and change throughout our twenties, then we're able to have more and more confidence. Cause you then have this experience where you're like, wow, that was one of the best decisions I made. Like I know I can continue to pause and reflect and, and evaluate yeah. decisions because I have seen myself do that previously. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, I, there are, I mean, I could talk about your book for hours. I mean, there's so many amazing points, but what would be some of kind of like the main, what's like the main takeaway that you want someone who's like reading this book to get what you're trying to convey? What's the main takeaway of coming of age? Yeah. So I don't want it to sound cliche in the sense of, oh, you're not alone. But um, I think the showing versus telling, because I think to say you're not alone is powerful. Sure. But to like have the book um, show that through the stories, through, um, you know, the people that are quoted in it, like that really my yeah, it's like that goal to help people know that what they're experiencing, even though their story may will likely be different and their own path or their own unique experiences and circumstances can still feel like, okay, well, this is my own, uh, like these are my own challenges. Um, but to just help to see and like release a lot and like bring to light a lot of the challenges that happen, because, um, I think that's, that's the heart behind it too, is just knowing that it's often not talked about and we often want to seem like we have our lives together and, and that we're doing okay. And, um, to really be vulnerable and to say that either raise your hand and say, I'm not, or, Really, I hope that the book would spark more conversations for people to have within their own communities of, hey, you know, I actually am really struggling with this. And just to have people, once when one person is vulnerable, I've seen immensely how then everyone else starts to as well. So, um, yeah, I think my goal for the book is just that it can spark those conversations because a book is great, like a great resource and hopefully helpful. But like I would rather it also then like domino into people's relationships and being able to have um, honest conversations, whether it's with their parents and acknowledging I'm not doing well or with their roommates or their friends or their like romantic partners or Mm -hmm. like kind of just being able to say like, there's not shame (laughs) in suffering and, and acknowledging that we're hurting. And, um, so for people to, to see that, wow, okay, these people have gone through all these things. Like I'm, you know, I can, I can acknowledge this too. Yeah. I know. I was thinking that your book would be perfect to do like a book club with, with a bunch, <laughs> with a bunch of people in their twenties. of like, now let's talk about this challenge. And everyone's like, yeah, that was me. Um, because perfectionism is not relatable. Per- being perfect is not relatable. And they're like, you're saying the power of vulnerability. And I think, um, this book is like a testament to that already in my life of how I, like, it's already like impacting me. So I'm excited for everyone else who Needs to go out and get this book, everyone. <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess we're going to kind of finish up our conversation here, but what w- what are kind of your parting words? I know we talked about your main takeaway, but um, what would you say to the young adult listening, whether they're the fresh graduate or maybe they're thinking about changing jobs, they're in their mid-20s, whatever, um, who just they feel lost or they're struggling, what would, what would you say to that person? Yeah, um, Oh gosh. Yes. So definitely in the sense of, um, the main, uh, I don't know, I guess secret is that we're all figuring it out. Um, and so I think having read how people were, you know, either advice they would give back to themselves or like, that's, that's part of the research that I have that I've pages, (laughs) hundreds of pages of that where I'm like, I wish everyone could read what advice we would give to our younger selves. Um, but I think to hear from those who, again, like I'm very much figuring out my own life, but to hear from a 29 year old to a 22 or 23 year old, like you 
will experience hard things, but like you, like everyone else is figuring it out too. And, um, and we're kind of continuing to navigate that as, um, changes in relationships and friendships happen. So again, for me right now, it's like, I'm navigating where a lot of my friends, especially through COVID have moved, um, either to raise a family or they've gone out to the suburbs or (laughs) like navigating where is my place, um, within my community. And so that's something that I didn't feel when I was 23 to 25, 26. Like that was, it was like a bunch of my friends. We went to weddings together, a bunch of group trips and all these fun things. And so now that's a new thing that I'm figuring out and, and adapting to. And so, and like I have friends who are figuring out what it means to be a parent. And so, um, you know, that's a whole new (laughs) chapter in their lives. And so just to not add pressure on yourself, um, that we're, and to have this like learner mindset where, instead of thinking that we have to have all these answers by a certain time, or if you're, you know, if you're feeling lost or struggling again, to know that you're not alone, but also to kind of release and like take whatever like pressure you're putting onto yourself and let that go and, um, and be able to give grace to other people, receive grace from other people. And, um, yeah, continue to, to, we're all going to be learning throughout this life. And, um, I think we all could be a little bit gentler on ourselves and Mm -hmm. against other people. So, that's where I think empathy can be really powerful. Um, and so if you're feeling lost or struggling, it might mean you opening up to someone and, and even just one trusted friend or counselor. Um, I definitely would praise the support of counseling. Um, that yes. was a major help for me too. So just be able to reach out. Don't keep this to yourself. Um, but again, to know that we're all figuring this out too. Yes. Amen. Amen. That's great (laughs) advice. Um, All right, everybody. That is my conversation uh, with Kate Lassard and her amazing book, Coming of Age. You all need to go out and get it. Kate, do you want to tell the audience where they can get your book? I'll put the link in the description as well. But where can we find your book? Yes. So you can buy it on Amazon or what's actually really exciting, too, is any other online major retailer. So it's at Target.com, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million. Um, But Amazon, obviously, is a probably easy route for people, too. But if you want to go to my website, um, KateLaSword.com, then you can have all the options there. All right. I'm going to put all the links in the description (laughs) so people get this book, everyone. So thank you so much, Kate, for being here. What an honor to have you on the show. You just imparted so much wisdom and impacted my life within the last 30 minutes. So (laughs) I hope and pray that that encouraged everyone's hearts. Um, Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Soul Things Podcast. Go ahead and give me a like at soul underscore things underscore podcast on Instagram. You can also subscribe on Apple Podcasts or you can listen on Spotify, Google Podcasts or any other uh, platform that you listen to your podcast on. Um, And thank you so much for joining me on this journey through navigating your 20s. But guys, remember, even in the hard spaces, His grace abounds. See you next week.